0: Hello and welcome to the Conversation of Money podcast. This is where we talk about money, investing and all things personal finance. I'm your host, Peter Komalafe, and it's my mission to help you make the best financial decisions because money is a tool, life is for living. But first, a couple of words for me. If you don't know already, I have a new monthly magazine, which is now out. You can go and join that magazine subscription list. It is free at theconvo.io. That's theconvo.io. Also, if you're completely unaware, I also have a Discord group, which I would love for you to join. It's going to be a small community where I can take questions from you, where we can build a deeper relationship. There will be a link to that in the show notes. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the show. So today's episode might be a little bit shorter than uh, other episodes so far this year. Uh, We'll see how this basically goes. Uh, I did have something else planned, but I want to take this time to actually talk about this thing because I'm very excited about it. I maybe um, alluded to it maybe three, three weeks ago. I talked about secret spenders, said that I would update. Uh, everyone with when it's coming out so on and so forth and this week is that week Um, it's very very exciting Um, it's going to be the first time that I'm going to be on a TV program per se so I wanted to have an ask right out the gate on this episode please go watch the the show it's going to be airing on Thursday May 5th at 8pm on Channel 4. And it's going to run for four weeks. So it's an hour show for four weeks through May. And really the premise of this show is to kind of help people. I think with everything that's happening right now with the cost of living crisis, energy prices, you know, increasing rampant inflation, um, we've just come out of the back end of a pandemic, feels like we're getting back to normal life. We are all going to have, or at least if the cohort that were on the show are anything to judge by we all have uh, habits that are hangovers from being locked down for almost two years pretty much and in today's context in today's world i think it's really important for us to just revisit some of those habits or at least try to center check ourselves against the habits that you'll see on the show uh, the show is an interesting one. I saw the first episode, or at least a version of the first episode, uh, last week. And um, it's really interesting to see the work that Anita does, um, the work that Anna does, and how that then coincides with what I do. So, for anyone who isn't aware of Secret Spenders, so this is going to be the first full season of the show. So, Anita Rani is the presenter. She has been um, around for. A very, very long time. She's great. She's really, really down to earth, actually, to be fair. And then we have um, Anna Whitehouse, who is uh, Mother Pucker. And uh, she has a huge podcast on Heart Radio, massive podcast on Heart Radio. And the interaction between those two and what they basically do, Anna's kind of like the expert that goes around the house. And oftentimes what we see in the wardrobes, in the cupboards, translate to what I find in the bank statements. So it joins up quite nicely. Now, I'm kind of like the financial expert on the show. So I essentially, when I got asked to do this, I I basically said, look, I would love to run uh, coaching sessions with the couples that will be on the show to really get an understanding of their spending and where I feel that they can make some changes to really make a big difference based on their goals and what it is that they wanted to achieve. And the couples who who appear on the show, they had to do a little bit of, you know, information they would send us beforehand so I could dissect it so on and so forth and really get underneath where they're spending and what they're doing with their, with their cash. And so my, my contribution to the show is that the, as the financial expert, I did, you know, coaching sessions with them. Now, in the interest of TV, this needs to be edited down um, and truncated to the salient points. Um, I'm not in charge of the, of the edit, so I don't know what remains in there. I've kind of seen what's in the in the first episode. But what I would like um, people to take from this is just to send check their own spending. Because, like I said, it is very, very much um, topical, particularly with what we're facing at the moment with the cost of living crisis, energy prices, inflation, all this kind of stuff going on at the moment to really sit down and really have a look at what it is that we're spending our money on. You will see themes across the four weeks on the show around some of the things that we'll discover in the couple's spending. And by the way, all of the couples that that appeared on the show were all lovely. Just really nice, down-to-earth people. It's nothing short of what you would expect from the British public, if I'm completely honest. And it's been a pleasure to work with every single one of them and to help. And I've kept in touch with all of the couples uh, after the show. Uh, Some of them have had other meetings with me to help with things like mortgages, remortgaging and and all these other uh, bits and pieces that came out in the show that we didn't have time to cover in the show. And I'm quite happy to give up my time to do that. Ultimately, for me, going into the show, I wanted to be able to have impact on people, like one-on-one. And if that then translates to a national conversation, a national talk piece, then for me, that's a win-win-win and so i would love for you guys to watch it and let me know what you think let me know what you think it's going to be on channel 4 like i said again on may 5th 8 p.m uh, it's really really exciting this week um i'm going to be doing a couple of things that i just really um i never would have thought i mean i did a an ig live and a youtube live uh last week and i'm going to share this story with you guys because i think this is pertinent And I hope that anyone who um, is listening to this, trying to put their best foot forward, maybe pursue a little bit of a passion, I hope this, you know, serves as some form of inspiration to you. Many, many years ago in 2002, 2001, I was working on a show called CD UK. Um, I mentioned this on YouTube and people were like, oh, take me back to memory lane, um, Many of you, if you're older, may remember CD UK. CD UK was a Saturday live show um, and a helm in that show was Cat Deney Anton Deck. Now, Anton Deck have gone on to do obviously amazing things since then, but I was working on that show as an audience researcher. so my job was to get all, an audience into um, TV studios to you know participate in the show and provide ambience and atmosphere. And i remember back then i mean i was in my 20s and i remember back then always going to that show on a saturday morning getting the audience in and watching the show live and watching the people work and watching how tv was kind of made live and admiring obviously kat dealy anton deck and thinking wow that must be amazing to be in front of the camera i say that to say all of this i'm going to be doing uh, lorraine on thursday morning uh this week and i believe lorraine show is filmed in that same building so you fast forward 20 odd years into the future and i'm actually going to be going on to a tv show to talk about money finances and give some financial tips online and to be honest i started you know the podcast the youtube channel in 2020 with this being one of the big goals like big hairy audacious goals like Something so big that you never really think it's going to happen. But actually, if you work towards that, you're still going to do something pretty awesome. And that's the mentality that was driven through me in Canary Wharf. We always had big, B-hack, big, hairy, audacious goals. Because even if you missed it, you've done something good. So fast forward you know, to 2022, uh, to be doing Lorraine and to be doing a couple of other things that will come down the, uh, the track uh, is absolutely amazing. And again, I'm saying this to say the following, if you are sitting in your car right now or on the treadmill heading into work, doing whatever it is that you're doing and in the back of your mind you're thinking, I would actually prefer not to be doing my 9 to 5 job, I want to do something that fulfills me, that I believe I have a purpose in, then you should by all means try to figure out how you go about making that happen in terms of the practical steps. Now, this might be where actually I can deliver a little bit of value in this episode. The the biggest thing that I think that hinders people, and I'm, I'm saying this from personal experience because this was my biggest hindrance to not doing this a lot sooner before 2020, is the fact that a lot of us are in nine to five jobs and in my case i had golden handcuffs i was making really good money and the thought of leaving that to go after something that was uncertain just at best wasn't very i guess attractive to me because of the risk factor and that in itself is a big thing to overcome Now I was fortunate enough that in 2020 with COVID and all that kind of stuff and being made redundant because I just walked into a new a new job, a new challenge on a really nice wage, I had some money behind me to be able to say, actually, you know what, I've been thinking about doing this for five years at that point. Now's the time to do it. Because guess what? If I didn't, I wouldn't I wouldn't I would never have done it. I really, really true do truly believe that I never would have done it. So I'm thankful for 2020 and COVID, in hindsight. Now, for most people in a nine-to-five job, um, it's a question of having enough resources, financial resources, to be able to take that jump. It's scary, and I think with social media these days, you're kind of led to believe that if you're not entrepreneur, if you don't own your own business, if you don't uh, have something that you're doing of your own volition, then you must be failing in life. And I don't want to be part of furthering that kind of narrative because i don't think that that is true in my heart i think that some people are best served working within a business their skill set their talent their um, individual traits are best placed in a business of some kind where they can work up the corporate ladder they can be paid really really well feel, feel rewarded achieve life goals so on and so forth and there is nothing wrong with that but i am speaking to You know, that set of people who, you know, your desire is I want to go out and do something. Well, the first thing is, you know, for most people, they don't have the financial resources to do so. And so when I talk about money being a tool used to build the life that you want in the slogan, money is a tool, life is for living, it's really important to approach this from a pragmatic point of view and deciding what is it that you want to do. Thinking about, right, if I were to leave this job today, What's my runway? When I mean, What I mean by runway is how much or how long will it take for me to realistically be able to get this to a point where the business starts to turn and actually make a little bit of money? For me, it took about a year or so. I mean, I made no money at all from this podcast, from YouTube for an entire year. I spent a year building it. And I think if you're going to be approaching this from a pragmatic point of view, it's really, really important that you have an idea of what your runway, what your timeline is going to be. For this reason, if it's going to take you a year, like it did for me, to turn this around and actually start making money, then you need to have enough financial resources behind you to be able to cover yourself for that for that one year. Now, luckily, I was in that position where I had cash behind me, and I could ring a few people to say look i'm no longer doing any work in the industry i'm self-employed now i would like to do this for you and, and some people actually came through for me and you know allow me to do a little bit of work to make a little bit of money to actually make ends meet whilst i paid off my my car finance to make sure i was completely debt free so on and so forth you need to plan this and be pragmatic with it and what that might look like is well you've decided that your runway is six months or 12 months what you need to do is you need to work out what your essential bills are you know we talk about emergency fund your essential expenditure you need to find out what that number is you need to times that by the six or the 12 months that you think it's going to take for you to get some runway to get some money through the business to be able to survive then what you then need to do is figure out within your existing finance structure right how am I going to be able to put that kind of money aside? Now, some people will say, actually, you know what? I've got an overdraft; I can use an overdraft to fund it. Probably not the best way of doing it. Probably not the best way of, you know, best to use credit cards or anything like that to fund this, if you can. But I also, I'm also aware that that scenario that I've just described, using your income now to build the pot, to make that jump possible, that's not an easy road to to walk for a lot of people. That means you've got to be really, really disciplined. That means you've got to have the eye on the ball. But this is the point, right? If it's worthwhile and it's something that you really, really want, you have to work towards it. And you will do what is necessary to ensure that you build the pot of money to give you the runway to be able to venture into what you want to do. Look, I can say this now with hindsight because everything is going great. And trust me, things don't always go great here Uh, conversation of money I mean the podcast um, we've grown we've grown and we thought I feel at least that it's plateauing right now and it needs another push I'm trying to figure out how that basically happens the same thing with YouTube business and doing things on your own is all consuming and I think it's really important that nobody pulls the wall over your eyes social media is very good at this of showing the glamorous side of people making lots of money and People being really successful, but what it does not show, it does not show the pain, the turmoil, the hard work, the stress. Um, I mean, I've started to lose my hair, like literally. And it's really, really important to understand that it's going to be a difficult path. And you have to ask yourself, are you ready to walk this difficult path? I mean, having a nine to five job is great, like, especially if you're paid very well, holidays paid, you know, so you can take your. The two weeks holiday, three weeks holidays if you're lucky, and still be paid. If you're ill, you get sick pay. You know, it's not your worry. Like, if you're running your own business like I am now, holiday, what holiday? You know, I, I have a holiday once a year at the end of the year as I can wind down through Christmas and New Year's because it's a quiet period of summer holiday doesn't even come into the conversation at this point. You know, if I'm sick, I've been in hospital for a couple of days this past week. I need to think about how that impacts what I have to do for the business and work. These are real conversations and real questions that you need to ask yourself if you're looking to venture. Just don't jump blindly. I can say this now with a little bit of experience. It doesn't mean that I wouldn't have done this. I I definitely would have done this because I, I regret that I hadn't done it sooner. And things like Secret Spenders coming along now, things like Lorraine coming along, Those are wins in a very long path of um, difficulties, disappointment, stress, um, and a lot of turmoil in doing what it is that I do here. And maybe this is a little look behind the scenes of what it's really like to run a podcast and a YouTube channel. You know, YouTubers get this bad rap for being people who earn a shed load of money on views and... It's very, very lucrative and it can can be. Um, But if I just look at my YouTube channel just alone and I look at AdSense, you know, if I were to survive just on AdSense, my YouTube revenue is less than a £1,000 a month. So you need to have a business hat on in terms of how are you going to make things work. And you have to be pragmatic around it. You have to really think things through. And more than anything else, you've got to be be hungry for knowledge as well. I started to read a new book that was recommended to me um, this week. And it's given me further insights. You know, you start these things out and you kind of roll with the punches. You're looking to build it. But you then get to a phase where it's like you need another push. And I'm at that phase now where I need another push. And I don't have all of the answers. I'm figuring it out as I go. Um, I'm going to be working with a business coach to give me, I guess, a third person outside view um, of what I could be doing better, how I can grow this podcast even further, how I can grow the YouTube channel further, how I can build a, a, a separate business around what I'm doing here with content, particularly with, with TV exposure as well. That's always an important step, but you know, there is nothing guaranteed. What comes out of the back of having a TV show and being on Lorraine, I have no idea. I didn't go into secret spenders really with any expectation whatsoever. I didn't ask how many people watch the show. I didn't ask maybe the questions that I should have asked because for me, I'm just excited. The fact that I'm going to get to go into people's houses. I'm going to be able to get into their finance and I'm going to be really able to actually have good conversations that they normally wouldn't have. And the winner would have been that it's taped for TV and a portion or a segment of that conversation gets put out to the public domain to further the conversation about money or conversation of money, forgive the pun. So what comes off the back of Secret Spenders and doing daytime TV, I have no idea. I really, really don't. But it's a moment in time that I am immeasurably thankful for. And I am just, I have to take a moment to pinch myself because this was just the dream. This was a dream in 2020 when I started this. It's now a reality. Um, and I hope that for anyone listening to this, especially for you day oneers who have always listened to the podcast and you've watched me on YouTube and you've followed me, what, since 2019 on Instagram when I was doing 60 second videos every single day for a year. For you day oneers, you've seen what my vision has been. I've spoken about it a number of times and I hope that you take encouragement that it doesn't matter what your field is. If you really want to do this, wonderful things can happen. If you, number one, just believe you're happy to take the punishment, you're happy to be strategic, you're happy to work hard and you're happy to just, you know, really knuckle down and work because amazing things happen when you put good things out in the world and you put positive energy out in the world and you just want to help people and really that's where I come from helping people I have conversations with people all the time where they talk about you know you should sell more of your course you should talk about your course a little bit more and I have a little bit of a snippet here about the course in the outro to this podcast I don't know how many people get to the end of these these episodes but people are saying you should push that even more. You'd sell that for even more money. But the idea of me selling a course for five hundred quid, two hundred quid, to help someone understand how investing works doesn't sit right with me. That's why I priced it at fifty nine ninety nine plus VAT, so seventy one pounds, seventy two pounds for a course that will give you the foundation in how to how to invest, how to understand the principles. It's not about money. It's about impact. It's about legacy. It's about helping people. And secret spenders and TV, whatever comes next, is just another step in the journey that I hope to be able to build to inspire people to really get people to understand the things that I've learned through 15 years in financial services. I started this to have conversations with my younger self when I was in my 20s to talk about investing and money. It's not about saving money here and there. Yeah, that's fine. That gets you a certain a certain way. Gets you so far what really takes you further is what you do with the money we lack that education that's why i do what i do and i get so passionate about this because i it is really i feel like it's my purpose now beyond that it's also about representation i'm very acutely aware that i'm a black guy Without a university degree, who was fostered, who was homeless, who was kidnapped, taken to Nigeria for 10 years, sent back with 50 pounds in my pocket. So how do I then go from having no university degree, working through retail banking, corporate banking, wealth management, to end up in Canary Wharf as a Fortune 100 executive on the management leadership team of a Fortune 100 company? How do I do that to now get into the point where I can say that I'm going to be on national TV doing daytime TV? Albeit once or twice or for a short period of time, representation matters. If kids who are in their 20s from my background who look like me, who look outside their front door, their window, and they just see just a whole bunch of foolishness and they aspire to be more, hopefully they can look at, look at me on Secret Spenders and Lorraine and anything else that I do and think... I can do that too. And we don't have enough role models within our community. That's one of the big things that I'm really, really passionate about. I hope that you found this interesting. Like I said, it's not an investing masterclass. It's not tips or mortgages or anything like that. Um, It's very much a personal, I guess, monologue. Uh, But I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope that you watch the show on Thursday. Uh, at 8pm and you can catch me I believe it it will be on Lorraine in the morning I don't have the times just yet but watch out for me and uh, if you do have any thoughts or feedback please do let me know I'll be interested to hear from you guys but have an amazing week whatever it is that you're doing thank you so much for being here thank you so much for supporting I will catch you next Monday Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to check out other episodes and share with the people closest to you. New to investing? Check out Peter's course for first-time investors designed to give you the foundation you need. If you prefer one-on-one coaching, book a complimentary discovery with the man himself. All links in the show notes.